Blog Talk Radio. Jacksonville. Thanks for listening to Eastern Airlines Talk Radio. My name is Neil Holland, the producer of the show, and we think we have a great show for you tonight. So to all the listeners around the world, welcome. Blogtalkradio.com 
forward forward slash Captain Eddie. That's Captain Eddie, C-A-P-T-E-D-D-I-E. And scrolling down through the archives of the broadcast, each episode is briefly described, and we're getting close to 500 episodes. Holy blue Sunoco, as one of our other um, people say. Our lines are always open for calls, and if you choose not to participate and talk live with our host, we ask you to please mute your phone as our producer does not have the capability of filtering out background noises. I see we're number one for takeoff, so Captain, let's get flight 414 in the air. October 15th, 1963. Time is running out on a once great airline. In five years, Eastern has lost $63 million. It expects to lose another $20 million in 1964. Of 11 trunk carriers, Eastern ranks 10th in on-time performance. One flight in three is late. For every thousand passengers, four items of baggage are mishandled. Errors and reservations have reached an all-time high. The passengers have demonstrated their lack of faith by joining the Wheel Club. We hate Eastern Airlines. Worse still, the people of the airline begin to doubt themselves. 
Their airline needs money, jets, new routes, new ideas, reorganization of its fare structures, new leadership. For Eastern, the time is now. There's a new sound for Eastern. Eastern takes possession of its first Boeing 727. Considered by Eastern's pilots the finest, safest, and most sophisticated aircraft in the skies. There's a new face at Eastern, too. From TWA has come a new president, Floyd Hall. As he tours his system, he tells the people of Eastern of the excellence he expects. He will devote the next three months to rebuilding Eastern's top management and learning more about the people of his airline. As he travels, he finds an unexpected pool of strength. The employees are loyal and dedicated. A vast bank loan gives the airline what it needs most, more jets. The 727 will prove ideal for Eastern's short and medium range routes. Eastern will order 40 and in 12 months, another 10. The battle is joined. Floyd Hall's new team is assembled. Seasoned, tested executives from small airlines and big airlines and other industries with reputations for getting the job done. Todd Cole has become senior vice president in charge of finance and administration. George Gordon heads up the marketing division. Ralph Skinner is vice president in charge of industrial relations. From Hawaiian Airlines, comes its president, Arthur D. Lewis, to become Eastern's new senior vice president and general manager. In Samuel L. Higginbottom, Eastern gets one of the most knowledgeable and experienced engineering and maintenance men in the aviation business. In William M. Crilly, a brilliant and seasoned planner. Dwight Taylor brings in high credentials as a public affairs specialist. The new management fuses with the best minds from the old Eastern. Captain John Halliburton, head of flight operations, represents vast experience and depth. Frank Sharp, a veteran of sales and service, becomes vice president in charge of customer service. Controller Charles Simons contributes strong staff support as he develops a system of expense controls. On March 20th, the new team will face its first crisis. Early reports show operations expenses have been running higher than predicted, 
Forecasts show that by August, the airline will have spent all the reserve funds it had borrowed to cover the next five years. This could become the final crisis for Eastern Airlines. A conservative management would retrench, but the price of retrenchment would be a heavy one. Hundreds of valuable people would be let go. Plans for modernization would come to a halt. The new jet program might even be abandoned. The gamble is clear. Go ahead boldly or cut back and begin a holding action. To go ahead and then fail to bring in more money could hasten the end. Not to go ahead could prolong it. Floyd Hall tells the people of Eastern, I didn't join you to become the chief mourner at the wake of a dead company. He will go for broke. In the coming year, his kind of thinking will spread. The airline will go ahead, boldly. Instead of cutting back on vital improvements to make up the deficits, management will go directly to the people of Eastern with a bold new plan for self-improvement, Operation Bootstrap. Management will call for improvement in five critical areas, service, reliability, sales, cost, and the public's image of Eastern. The job will begin in aircraft maintenance and engine overhaul. A new order sets the tone for the new airline. Get all maintenance done and get it done now. Jobs will be finished. There will be no carryover and they will be done right. The company sets new standards of quality in engineering. To put more planes in the air in the daylight hours where the revenue is, Eastern goes to round-the-clock maintenance. With more aircraft on system, Eastern gets more standbys on the ramps. By cutting back on the flight schedule, the company puts even more aircraft on the line as backups. The plan works. In seven months, Eastern will move from 10th in on-time performance to 1st. Operation Bootstrap is new ideas, new inventions, new solutions to old problems. And it works. Radioactive isotopes will help look inside jet engines and save time and money in the process. A new method of X-raying fuselages finds wear almost before it happens. In the months ahead, the people of Easton will become a team again. The pride in what they will do gives them a deep personal interest in their airline. They will learn a lesson. If your company isn't the best, make it the best. April 1st, 1964. Eastern's face must be a smiling one, a pretty one. Eastern strengthens its stewardess training course 
and teaches the arts of beauty, charm, and vivaciousness. For a bright, attractive stewardess can turn an ordinary flight into a memorable one. That's the way it should be done. Aloft, Eastern stewardesses must be able to relax their passengers, reassure them, and serve them with warmth, graciousness, and courtesy, even at the end of a hard day. After five weeks of intensive training, an Eastern stewardess graduates with a new kind of charm, beauty, and assurance. She's as chic as her new Don Loper summer uniform. Style, flair, and elegance are the hallmark of a quality airline. April 15, 1964. Eastern invests in a new control center. System control is moved to Miami and combined in one central control room with maintenance technical services and aircraft routing. UNIVAC in Charlotte is no more than four-fifths of a second away from an answer to any engineering, dispatch, routing, or customer services problem. A giant status board details the complete maintenance history of every aircraft in the system. Here is where decisions can be made. Quickly, smartly. Eastern will announce in December an increase in its revenue of $11 million and a decrease in operating costs of $5 million. This is now a coordinated airline. Eastern makes fashion news with two stunning new wardrobes for its stewardesses. To complement the new summer uniforms, the internationally famous designer Don Loper creates an exciting new look for winter. Neiman Marcus provides the handsome accessories. For colder weather, a Don Loper coat and a stylish hooded headscarf. From pillbox to pumps, Easterns will be the best-dressed stewardesses in the air. April 30th, 1964. Its stewardesses are just the beginning of the new look at Eastern. The industrial designers Lippincott and Margulays have taken a thorough look at the airline. In the fall, they will submit their design for a bold new symbol, a clean, powerful mark that will tell the world of the new strength of Eastern. A modern airline. An airline of substance. Lippincott and Margulies will design a new look for Eastern's aircraft, too. With a striking new paint scheme of Caribbean blue and ionosphere blue. And a new sound will call attention to a new airline. The Eastern theme is born. A rich, soaring combination of sight and sound. of Rosenthal, 
comes Eastern's own place setting of fine china and a graceful service of crystal. The silver flatware is from Reed and Barton, as is the silver coffee service. Everything is new, from gourmet food service to smocks for Eastern stewardesses to new uniforms on Eastern's pilots, ramp agents, sky caps, and ticket agents. By mid-1965, a crop of newly graduated ground hostesses will have carried the new look to 18 Eastern cities. May 1st, 1964. The second most expensive mechanism at Eastern is a pilot. Eastern's pilots are second to none in the world, but in 1964, Eastern will spend over $9 million training them to be better. Eastern will restudy its pilot training program and institute a new curriculum manned by dedicated professional instructors. To relieve its pilots of much of the ever-increasing load of paperwork, Eastern will get help from another precise mechanism, the computer. A new system of computerized flight plans will immediately bring to the pilot the alternatives to almost any situation that might arise, either on the ground or in the air. Computers will even help the captain economize on his fuel purchasing. And a new device for predicting turbulence in the air will make flying even more pleasant for Eastern's customers. Jenkins, may I help you with your reservation? May 1st, 1964. Eastern Airlines, Ms. Bennett, may I help you with your reservation? Eastern's $300,000 investment in new equipment is paying off. And each reservations agent has now become a sales agent. In July, Eastern's reservation agents will place more than 100,000 phone calls to prospective customers. They will bring in over $1 million. In September, Eastern will run advertisements in 13 cities offering to refund a dime to anyone who has to wait more than 20 seconds to reach Eastern Airlines. For all 13 cities, the offer will cost Eastern only $14.60 in dimes. By December, Eastern will find its percentage of oversales and reservations mishandlings at an all-time low. The customers are not only getting through, they're flocking back. May 10th, 1964. In the spirit of the new Eastern, every city is Eastern's home city and second place is for other airlines. A grassroots effort begins. In Atlanta, Eastern has been trailing Delta in monthly boardings by 88,000 to 101,000. But why not? Atlanta is Delta's home city. On their own, Eastern's Atlanta employees vow to board 100,000 passengers. They call themselves the Committee of 100,000. They tell Atlanta's business community the story of their new airline. They improve their schedules and spend more effort on service. Eastern spends more money on local advertising. In June, Eastern will board 100,000 passengers in Atlanta. In November, Eastern will pass Delta. Around the airline, the new spirit catches on. Washington has already boarded 100,000. 
In July, Kennedy Airport will join the 100,000 Club. In October, LaGuardia. In January, Miami. All over the airline, boardings increase. In the New Eastern, the customer will come first. And he's coming back. May 12, 1964. Eastern gets a new advertising agency, Young and Rubicon, third largest in the world. And Eastern's 727 gets a new name, the Whisper Jet. In Y&R's first two months, they will produce over 80 newspaper ads. In January, Y&R will show Eastern's new face in color in magazines and newspapers. radio, television, and billboards, word will be passed about a new form of flight. Eastern sales and marketing forces form flying squadrons to break open key markets. Eastern's sales promotion agency, Gaynor and Dukas, will add to the massive advertising push with promotion and display pieces. As the sales and advertising campaigns begin to work, a new responsibility will fall to the people of Eastern live up to the promises. October 1964. A girl from Brazil has brought a new sound to America. looking for a new voice to match its new sound, signs her to an exclusive contract. October 30th, 1964. In the New Eastern, the art of pleasing a customer begins the moment his foot hits the curb. One of Eastern's chief skycaps helps perfect curbside check-in and tours the system, instructing others. By November, Eastern will find its percentage of baggage mishandlings at an all-time low. From over four per thousand customers, the average for October dips below two one of the best records in the industry. And the letters of praise start coming in. Increasingly, the good letters will outnumber the bad. The secret? People. Trying harder, caring more. November 10, 1964. 
New York's superb Voisin restaurant contracts to prepare and supply full gourmet meals for selected famous restaurant flights from New York. Chicago's Pump Room follows suit. Then Mexico City's Haina, the old original bookbinders in Philadelphia, the Swiss Chalet in San Juan. In the coming months, the list will grow. Floyd Hall predicts passengers will not eat aboard his airline, they will dine there. January 10th, 1965, Eastern's 25th Whisper Jet goes on system, and the new look is proudly displayed wherever Eastern flies. This isn't just a new look. This is a whole new airline. By the end of 1964, Eastern's deficit has shrunk from an expected $16.5 million to less than $6 million. And the word for 1965 is profit. Operation Bootstrap is over. For 1965, it's Operation Breakthrough. Eastern has a new goal, a breakthrough to half a billion dollars in revenue. And in addition, a breakthrough to more than 14 and a half million dollars in profit. In January, Eastern will take second place from American Airlines in passenger miles, with the greatest single month in the history of the airline. In February, a proud management will announce the addition of a fleet of Douglas DC-9s and the prospect of a new kind of DC-8 that will carry more than 200 passengers swiftly to their destinations. With a DC-9 for short flights, the 727 and the 720 for medium distances, and the DC-8s for long range, Eastern, by the end of 1966, will have a fleet 
that can tackle any job under the sun. guided by a large group of professional management and supported by an even larger body of dedicated employees. That's the look of the New Eastern, he has told them. He now has it, an airline that brought itself back by its own bootstraps. It's a can-do airline, mounted by determined, ingenious, courageous people. It's a proud airline, a smart airline a new airline, and it's on the wing. history. Perhaps you have a comment or would like to share a memory of being part of this rebuilding of our great airline. Any well, thoughts about all... what you just heard? Yeah, Neil. Do you remember in Atlanta, we outboarded Delta and when they, for some months, I forgot what it was, we actually outboarded them and were gaining even more so when they came out with a with a boot-kicking thing that you put on your uniform and uh, the pearl pin. And the Delta people were just highly PO'd about <laughs> that, that, that we outsported them in their own base, their own Jerry, base. Atlanta. I remember uh, that well. Jim, Jim I'm glad you mentioned that because also, in addition to that, I remember chief pilot in Atlanta at the time was Perry Hudson. God bless his soul. Wonderful man. And we had a luau. I mean, pigs and all uh, at uh, Lake Jodico, I believe it was, or it was Sinclair. I think it was Jodico, and I remember mm-hmm. attending that. Oh, wow. We we did a marvelous job, but uh, what a wonderful uh, uh, 
uh, audio and and um it was fun to edit it and um any other comments i'm sorry to take your time but jim you just brought to my mind that hey do you guys remember uh, when we uh i worked in atlanta then and uh uh they they gave all of us a little lapel pin it was a pair of pants <laughs> and it, it, it was, they were gold yeah. And it, that was because we beat the pants off of Delta. Mm-hmm. That was, that That's was the one right. I was talking You're right. about. Yeah, yeah. he described yeah. it better than I did. I still have mine, <laughs> but they don't fit anymore. The pants or the <laughs> pen? Somebody got that. You know, uh, when we first hired on, Jim, you and I about the same seniority, but I remember flying. Uh, when I first started out in the conveyor, hearing about the We Hate Eastern Airlines Club, the wheel, wheel, yeah, the wheel club, club, the wheel club, and then they brought in about the same time uh, Floyd Hall. When the year that I was uh, hired, he was hired, and we chose someone like Floyd that um, brought the Sunrise at Eastern which is remarkable what uh, they put together, his team put together. And uh, we owe Floyd a lot of of credit for bringing Eastern back from the We Hate Eastern Airlines. So what happened in 10 years that made Eastern appear? I said, what happened in 10 years? Because we're, we're, what's, we're in the 70s, yeah. getting close to well, the 70s. In the 80s, we were gone. Well, there again, it's management. And we chose early some great leaders, of course, uh, Rickenbacker. But uh, Floyd Hall, I think, was the man for the time of definitely changing was. Eastern around. And definitely, I owe Floyd a lot of a lot of credit for uh, me continuing as long as I did. And fortunately, we had Floyd Hall on our radio show early in our history of the radio show. We had him on the air three times. And uh, what a remarkable man he was. And a lot of people don't know, but Eastern had chosen or either groomed Rick Rivenbark. And I knew uh, a real close friend of Rick's through REPA. Uh, but Rick Rivenbark would have made a remarkable. And I, everybody wanted to uh, steer Rickenbacker to uh, the presidency of uh, Eastern, but it didn't happen. But he would have been a good leader, and that's what it took. And Chuck, you asked what happened in ten years, and again, the word leadership. Leadership yeah. jumps out. Yeah. You know, I always, I, I guess all of us on the program and anybody that ever worked for Eastern Airlines or had anything to do with it, uh, love the airline so much and that uh, they couldn't realize that as the years went by, especially the last part of the years went by, that the leadership got away from that love of the airline. It was, it, they brought in bottom line people and that, 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 that to me is what ruined Eastern Airlines. Yeah. They didn't bring in people that loved the, the company and 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 the people that, that would make the company uh, get a profit. They brought in people 
which is going to look at the bottom line. And if the bottom line didn't look good, they were changing all kind of things. Too many, too uh, many headhunters. Yeah. Yeah, but right. the bottom line yeah. happened to be for the wrong people. That was for their own use and not for the general public and all their employees. That was yeah. well, kind yeah. of selfish. Mm-hmm. Jim Holder, well, go ahead. We always miss it, and we always say, well, bless his heart. But bless his heart, they brought in Frank Borman, and Frank Borman didn't know how to run an airline. And we no. had some other people come across But bless his Absolutely. heart, you know, he went to the moon and all that. That didn't help Eastern Airlines a bit. I was active in ALPA when all that was going on. I ended up being a chairman and a counselor in Atlanta twice. And I can tell you, bless his heart, Borman just didn't know what the hell he was doing. Profits went out of this world. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to correct you. He didn't go to the moon. He went around the moon. The other two guys <laughs> got out of the. Stand corrected. Stand corrected. He made a high speed pass there. He was, yeah. he was supposed. Yeah. To, he was supposed to be the f- friend of the president, and he was going to get us all kind of. Oh um, yeah. Oh yeah. Everything yeah. else. Well, that fell through. Yeah. It did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, moving on in that uh, uh, Sunrise at Eastern uh, presentation in 1964, it was it was amazing. I remember when I was hired, uh, we were still calling them stewardesses. Yeah, they did that in the, in the magazine. I mean, in the uh, video too. Yeah, stewardesses. Somewhere along the line, they became flight attendants. Yeah, maybe after Sunrise at Eastern, but. Uh, they did a remarkable uh, uh, job of uh, putting beautiful uniforms on these flight attendants, called our stewardesses, Neiman Marcus and Don Lopez, all part of the design team. of a, uh, Floyd Hall had a great business plan when he first came with Eastern, and I have to give him a lot of credit for that. New logo. The, the logo of Eastern changed from the Falcon to uh, a new logo with the stripe and the Caribbean blue, uh, ionosphere blue, if you remember that. And stylized, that and they also. called it stylized duck call. Stylized what duck was call. it called? Stylized. Stylized, yeah, all right. Stylized duck call. That's what they referred to it as. It looked like a hockey stick. We call stick, it the though. hockey sticks, what we called it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But where, uh, where was all that delicious? All those delicious uh, meals we used to get on the airplane. What you get on yeah. the day, you got to beg them for a, a bag of peanuts. Yeah, I was going to mention fine china, and yeah. uh, by Reed and Barton, and uh, it was it was beautiful. As a matter of fact, right before you and I came with the airlines, Jim, uh, there were single-breasted uniforms for the pilots, and they were changed. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I like the word second to none in the world. Uh, but does anyone know who the narrator of that Sunrise at Eastern was? I don't know. Was that Michael, Michael Douglas? No. Well, his name is on the, the movie if you look at the movie. Yeah, I think it was Alexander Scorby. I think it was. He was that sounds there. That sounds, he yeah, did some. It's Scorby. not that one. He did some. Sure. He did some great, great jobs of that, and I think that was a tribute to uh, Young and Rubicon, uh, the uh, advertising agencies that uh, did that. But 
Um, I, 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 I remember that if you did, they didn't answer the phone in a certain period of time. Uh, they gave you a dime, I believe. They sent you a dime. And it was, yeah, I remember the, the $14.60 is all they had to <laughs> refund. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was a great time to work for Eastern when we did. And uh, um, that, uh, I like to listen to that Sunrise at Eastern and Dorothy. I think you've put it up on our website, the entire video. So I did some editing. I cut some time off, tried to keep it within a reasonable time, but uh, it's a great video. Matter of fact, the sound that I got was a lot better than most of the video that I've seen on the Internet. So it sounded pretty good. Yeah. Um, 1960, in the 60s, it was, uh, especially when we were hired, uh, it was, uh, it was great, but I'm sure those that came before us thought the same of Eastern Airlines because it was a wonderful airline. And my dad raised it all, all along. He started in 41. Yeah. yeah. And we did. My dad was the first. Way. Yeah. Your dad. And with Chuck's father the same way. That's right. That's right. Yeah. My dad started in 1937. Yeah. And two, if you notice, there was a lot of your, uh, the children of the employee who too took up that, that uh, company. A lot of companies, you don't see that sort of thing, a father or a daughter, everybody wanting to go to the, the company their father worked at because it was so great. And that, yeah. too, was commendable for Eastern. They, and they stopped that after a while. Talk about it. Mm. They stopped it? Yeah. Wow, so, Mike. Well, they they, they came they? up with a no, ne- no nepotism rule when I was trying to get a job out of maintenance no. and flight and flying and the and that that was one of the reasons that they gave me. So I thought that was the only one. That that. That they, what was the year that went on, uh, Mike? Uh, it was probably in the late sixties. Really? Hmm. Interesting. Well, you know, when, when we were talking was, about Floyd Hall before, yeah. of course, uh, uh, when he worked for TWA, if anybody's got the old TWA seniority list, Floyd Hall was one se- one seniority number junior to my dad who worked at wow. PWA first also. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of our shows, uh, Floyd uh, told about his uh, coming with TWA and what he did before TWA, and it was really good. I'll have to find that, and we'll have to bring some of Floyd's interviews on the radio show back and play them again. Uh, it was very interesting. I was interesting. just going to say, you know, it might be worth our while to yeah. play something like that because yeah. that's very interesting and you know yeah. at first a lot of people don't recall all of that a lot of people are involved in working and now uh, you might be able to listen to something like that and really feel good about it yeah absolutely well that's our discussion tonight about sunrise at eastern uh, some of us were there at the time that was program was put into uh uh, play and and it worked out great. Uh, we ch- turned our, yeah, the employees turned the thing around, but we had great leadership. Uh, Jerry Frost, 
Tell us about uh, the last issue of the Repartee magazine. You with us, Jerry? Sure, I am, Neil, and uh, really enjoyed uh, that 27-minute clip. Brings back a lot of memories because I came with the company about that same time as you did and and Jim. Well, anyway, the last issue of the Repartee magazine of the retired Eastern Pilots has been sent to subscribing members in its present format. Editor Captain Jim Holder assures us that in the last word has not been printed about the pilots, their families and friends of Eastern Airlines. It will take on a new format like the one sent out in the early years of REPA's history, probably twice a year. Congratulations are in store to Jim and his crew over the many years he presented a masterfully crafted compilation of stories from the pilots flying the open cockpit mail wings to the glass cockpits of the day of, uh, of Eastern flying. Jim, it has been a beautiful flight. Thanks from all the fans of Repartee. Now, if you don't mind the EAL radio show infringing on the non-copyrights of this last magazine, Jim, we would like to read a few pages from this last issue many of us received this past week. Oh, I don't mind at all about this copyright thing. Anyhow, (laughs) how can you tell when it's going to be a rotten day? You wake up face down on the pavement. That's a bad one. You put on your bra on backwards and it fits fits up. (laughs) You call a suicide prevention and they put you on hold. See a 60-minute team waiting in your office. Your birthday cake collapses from all the weight of the candles. I understand that. Your son tells you he wishes Anita Bryant would mind her own business. <laughs> I'm not sure about that one. But you put on want to put on the clothes you wore home from the party and they aren't any. <laughs> on the news. Turn on the news and they're showing emergency routes out of the city. Your twin sister forgot your birthday. You wake up and discover that your water bed broke and then realize you don't have a water bed. <laughs> Think about that one a little bit. Your car horn goes off accidentally and remains stuck as you follow a group of hell's angels on the highway. (laughs) Wife wakes up feeling amorous and you have a headache. (laughs) Payback time. Your boss tells you not to bother to take off your coat. The birds singing outside your window is a buzzard. You wake up and your braces are locked together. This is getting bad. You went to work and find your dress is stuck in the back of your pantyhose. That must be for the ladies. <laughs> answering service. You call your answering service and they tell you it's none of your business. <laughs> well, here's the best one. Your blind date turns out to be your ex-wife. Don't say that. Yeah, your ex-wife. Your income tax check bounces. Both contact lenses in the same eye. It makes you blind too, for sure. Your pet rock snaps at you, and here it is, boy. Your wife says good morning, Bill, and your name is George. All of this stuff, all of this stuff, 
was written by some guy. We don't know who it was or maybe a gal. But surely they are clearly troubled. <laughs> oh, God. That was a riot. Thank you, Jim. You're Mike? welcome. Yeah, okay. Well, I guess I needed to have probably a few drinks before I read this one here and maybe uh, put a, uh, yeah. a wooden a wooden clothespin on my tongue when I'm trying to read it here. <laughs> anyway, the ultimate uh, fruitcake recipe. It's one cup of butter, one teaspoon of baking soda, one cup of sugar, one cup of brown sugar, four large eggs, one tablespoon of lemon juice, one tablespoon of nuts, one bottle of whiskey, good stuff, <laughs> one dry, one cup of dried fruit. Now you start off with uh, sampling the whiskeys and making sure it's good quality. So you take a large bowl and check the whiskey again just to make sure it's the highest quality. Pour in one level cup to, and drink it and repeat as necessary. <laughs> Turn on the electric mixer. Beat one cup of butter into a large fluffy bowl. Add one spittoon of sugar and beat again. Make sure the whiskey is still okay. Cry another tub or two. <laughs> Turn off the mixer. Break two, break two legs and add the bowl and chuck the, the cup of dried fruit in there. Mix, turn, turn the mixer on or turn the mix... Mix mix on the turner. I had a, I'm, even if I was dyslexic when I got that one. <laughs> the fruit gets stuck in the beaters. Pry it loose with a with a with a screwdriver, a screwdriver, and reply. Sample the whiskey again, being careful not to spill any. And check the uh, toxicity of the of the mixture. Next, sift two cups of salt or something. Who cares? Check the whiskey again. Now, sift the lemon juice and stir in your nuts. I don't know how to take that one. But add the bottle spoon of brown sugar or whatever color you can find. Wix me. Wix smell. Grease the oven. Turn on the, the can pancake to 350 degrees. And don't forget to beat off the turner. It's another. <laughs> throw out the bowl. Throw the bowl out the window and check the whiskey again and boat again. <laughs> Go to bed. <laughs> yeah, boat again. That's hysterical. Mm. Oh, God, that's fun. Carrie, can you top that? <laughs> now it's time for 19 basic truths. Number one, the nicest thing about the future is that it always starts tomorrow. Number two, money will buy a fine dog, but only kindness will make him wag his tail. Number three, if you don't have a sense of humor, you probably don't have any sense at all. Number four, seatbelts are not as confining as wheelchairs. Number five, a good time to keep your mouth shut is when you're in too deep water. Yeah. Or something else. How come it takes so long, so little time for a child who is afraid of the dark to become a teenager who wants to stay out all night? <laughs> Number seven, business conventions are important because they demonstrate how many people a company can operate without. Yeah. Number eight, why is it that at class reunions you feel younger than everyone else looks? <laughs> Number nine, yeah. 
scratch a dog and you will find a permanent job. <laughs> Number 10. That's no one has true. more driving ambition than the boy who wants to buy a car. 11. There are no new sins. The old ones just get more publicity. <laughs> Number 12. There are worse things than getting a call from a wrong number at 4 a.m. It could be a right number. That'd be bad. Yeah. Number 13. Think about this. No one ever says it's only a game when his team is winning. Mm-hmm. Number 14. I've reached the age where the happy hour is a nap. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> be careful reading the fine print. There's no way you're going to like it. And 16, the trouble with bucket seats is that not everybody has the same size bucket. (laughs) And 17, oh, I like this one. Do you realize that in in about 40 years, we will have thousands of old ladies running around with tattoos, and rap music will be the golden oldies? And number 18, money can't buy happiness, but somehow it's more comfortable to try to cry in a Corvette than in a Yugo. <laughs> 19, after a certain age, if you don't wake up aching in every joint, you're probably dead. Yeah. Boy, I can buy that oh, one. Great, great. It's a classic, Jim. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Hey, hey I want to ask Jim Holder, where, where did you get such a... Good ones as this to put in repartee, the last issue. It was good. It was a lot of oh, humor in there Lord. and some good stuff in there. I got the cleanest side there. <laughs> I don't know where I got this stuff. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure glad I found it somewhere, though. But uh, that's called field, folks, and that's the stuff that over the years I have been accumulating it in the field folder in my computer. And when we there end up go. short, like we always do, you go into the field folder and you find all this stuff. And I thought, well, I'll use this now. And I'll use this. Some of them might say, I wish I hadn't used that, but I used it. Now nobody likes me anymore, but I'll try this <laughs> one over here. And that side, all I don't know. Some of that stuff I might have had seven or eight years in my field folder. I don't know where I got it. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I did. Yeah, it was Great really work. good. Yeah. Great issue. And uh, Yeah, and, you know, and, and that that. That's when you start out having a 96-page magazine and you end up only getting 80 pages because you know you don't have enough, and you go in the field folder and you say, thank God I've got this stuff. And I had just enough. My field folder went empty at the same time this magazine went to the press. (laughs) Believe me. (laughs) Great job. A lot of happy-looking people in the pictures. Yeah, Yeah. they are. They were. And I hope they're going to be that way in September. Well, we'll miss uh, we'll miss the uh, repartee magazine, and it's been a classic over the years. And the newsletter, even before the magazine appeared, was uh, of interest, great interest to the pilots. And I think the pilots were the only ones receiving it. I don't know at that time in the history of uh, REPA whether anyone else was receiving it except maybe widows. Their husband passing away, and you've got a lot of widows now still re- receiving that magazine, don't you, Jim? I uh, say again, I miss that what? I say you still have a lot of widows of pilots still receiving the magazine. Oh yes, oh yes, and we have a lot of those widows that come into the conventions and hopefully the reunions too. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, yeah, we and they and they send in. 
they're not required to pay dues, but so many of them, as Jerry Frost can tell you, so many of them, they send in, you know, funds to help sure. keep us going. The widows have been a very much a part of repartee, and that repa itself. Right, Jerry? Well, it's actually a very much part yeah, of all the pilots, too, that are married. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true, yeah. Uh, Jim. I'm just looking at uh, my program here, and we have 223 widows. Wow. Wow. How and, many members uh, do we have now? Uh, right now we have 701 members. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Now, do you guys send out, we used to send out when I was uh, – Working with the magazine, we used to send out to uh, folks that we had in addition to widows, and uh, I, we used to send out the magazine to editors of other retired airline pilots associations. They liked ours so well that we actually Bill Ho, uh, Bill Malone did that. He started that, and I think when I took over. I had about five or six. I know I became friends with the editor of the Buccaneer magazine, which was National Airlines, and um, they were very complimentary of uh, of the Eastern uh, news and newsletters and magazines. So uh, yeah, well, I it was think, great. Yeah. Go ahead. I think well, those, we those of us that have united and maybe Braniff, although Braniff. Uh, Retirees are shut down. They don't. They don't exist anymore. Oh, okay. But uh, uh, how many please. members did you have originally, Jim? I think oh, when good. I started, when I started from in two thousand and three, we had yeah. slightly over two thousand regular members. That's right. Believe, that's, right. Right. That's, that's, that's right. right. No, Dale. that's right. That's about that's right. About that's right. When I passed it over, you know that's. Not all Eastern pilots belong to REPA, but uh, the vast majority did, of course. Yeah. Well, it was. It's amazing uh, it how was... many of the young guys have gone to other airlines and still want to get the Repartee magazine. Oh, wow. Well, and I did. Yeah. 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 That's because it's, it's better than all of the rest of them. I have uh, several copies from different airlines that guys have given me, and it doesn't. Uh, it, they're not as good. Any anything anywhere is near as good as what you what uh, you guys put out. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, once again, thank Kelly for Yeah. Well, uh, I'm sure. Uh, can, can, you, can you give us a little peep into what you think might appear for news for the pilots and people that want to find out what's going on? Jim? Uh, you're talking about his future of repartee? Yeah. 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 Uh, it's sort of up in the air right now. Jerry probably can tell you just as well, if not better than okay. me. I talked to Ellen McCourt today about possibly coming in. She's an affiliate member, uh, a widow, rather. And uh, I guess she was affiliate. I don't know if she was affiliate or not, but she is a widow, Ross McCourt widow. And yeah. she's thinking about coming on as a take over the repartee, which is going to be definitely much smaller. And and uh, the board, uh, Jerry mentioned we need to have a board meeting because really to talk about this. We talked about it in March, and we came up with two or three or four or five, six, eight, 20 or 30 different mm-hmm. ideas on what to do with it and how big and all that kind of stuff. And it, mm-hmm. it needs to be talked about. Jerry's got some mm-hmm. ideas. He can 
he might want to expand on them tonight, but uh, uh, about who's going to take it over. Uh, okay. There's sure. not a lot of people beating on the door want to take it over, I'll tell you that. You know that. <laughs> well, you know. Back in old <laughs> definitely know, yeah. <laughs> like anything yeah. else, and, uh, a lot of work. And Captain yep, Neil, uh, not, not to break away from what we're talking about, I just had a side note here that uh, today was uh, May 20th, in the, on, on this day of 1927, at 7:52 this morning, a young guy by the name of Charles A. Lindbergh took off uh, out of Roosevelt Field and flew for 33 and a half hours and landed in Paris on the 21st at about 22:22 uh, 22 in the evening. Everybody knows about it. I think next week we can talk about his landing, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, everybody's got a landing prayer. You need a landing prayer. (laughs) I want to hear from Jerry Frost about uh, about, uh, what uh, you guys, uh, Jerry? Yeah, Neil. Uh, I've, I've thought over quite a bit, and I've, I've talked to Jim also, and uh, I think the wave of the future for uh, Repartee Magazine is going to be our website, which is repaonline.com, yeah. because that way we can insert the latest news that we find at the, the latest uh, obituaries of our fallen pilots and so forth. Uh and Jim agrees. We uh, we about run out of things to say in these magazines, uh, other than repeating old articles and so forth. Uh, 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 trying to get new uh, uh, information uh, from our, our members is very slim. And uh, Jim's done a great job of trying to go out and find things to put in the magazine, and we call yeah. it filling the blank spaces of these yeah, pages. Yeah, a lot of blank spaces. Well, and I, I know me... a lot of a uh, lot of newspapers, a lot of magazines are now going digital, and uh, the the downside is there's those uh, few members that we have that uh, have never had computers, don't know how to get online, no, don't know how to go to reaponline.com and so forth, and how do we address that? Uh, but uh, you know, it, it's like uh, uh, they don't make buggy whips anymore you know back yeah. in the old days and <laughs> yeah. we have to we have to uh venture forward and of course in this day and age it, it is all digital and yeah. so i foresee uh and will probably recommend uh, to the board that uh the new repartee magazines will be digitally uh produced online and that mm-hmm. way uh our membership uh, the entire world can go on and, and read uh, yeah. Some of the uh, retired uh, uh, airline groups have put all of their their publications online uh, so that you could go on, for example, and, and read all of the repartees dating back to the 1970s. And, uh, you know, we have nothing to hide to the world. And, uh, of course, we want to promote Eastern Airlines. And uh, what better way to do it than uh, the Internet? Now, well, Jerry, in addition to that, will you also uh, have a printed copy uh, uh, to Well, Dorothy, that, that that's, yeah, Dorothy, that's the problem is that, like I said, there are uh, a few in, in statistically, I would say, than our membership looking at uh, the ones that have email addresses 
that uh, 80% of our membership do have email addresses, therefore uh, assuming that uh, they do get on the uh, uh, on the mm-hmm. Internet and could find our uh, reaponline.com. Uh, for the other uh, uh, 20% or so, uh, uh, you know, there's a possibility we could uh, print out copies and mail them out to the uh, to those members. Yeah, uh, Jerry, I would like also to offer. <laughs> we're not copyrighted anything that we say on the radio show, and we have an archive of over 400 shows a lot of historical shows, I might add. And any, just browse through our library. Any Anything you want to use, you're welcome to it, to put in anything, any newsletter, and you tell Mrs. McCourt that she's welcome to do that. We'd like to work with her any way she wants us to help her out. We'd be happy to have her uh, give us a call or e- email Dorothy. Uh, Dorothy's got a wonderful collection of stuff that we've done, and uh, we'll be doing do anything we can to um, keep the interest there because we want to keep the Eastern people informed. Well, you might try. also uh, try, you know, this the EARA down there in Miami is uh, they're, they're getting shy on help, and they're they're getting ready to close the doors down there pretty soon, I think. But they got a lot of lot of archives and a lot of yeah. a lot of interesting information in all of their newsletters, and and I'm sure yeah. most all of you guys already get that. But uh, that's uh, that's one thought that could be integrated. Right, yeah. but they don't have a digital that you could get it from. That's the issue. There, yeah. all of their uh, uh, website. They don't really have a website per se. The website itself about travel is done through the travel agent. Yeah. Um, but they don't have one that you could go to to copy some of that information from. Now, whether they supply yeah. the digital uh, newsletters that they have, uh, which I'm not sure they would do that because they did not want to give out any information to anyone because they didn't have uh, the written permission from their group to do that. Yeah. Uh, that was one of yeah. the issues a lot of people <clears throat> wanted, yeah. that sort of thing, and they wouldn't do it because they don't have the permission to give mm. any of that stuff that might have uh-huh. someone's name in it. And without that written position, uh, uh, you know, uh, they, they just can't. It's, you know, it would be illegal. Uh, well, anybody's welcome thing. to our stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's like our uh, uh, repo roster of all of our members that uh, we do not put that on line for that very purpose. And uh, right. those that are members of, of our organization, they can email me, and I'll be glad to send them a digital copy of our uh, membership roster. But, uh, you know, other than that, the main thing is, uh, you know, interesting stories, uh Stories about uh, uh, our lustrous crew members and so forth. Yeah. Speaking on, yeah. on the pilot end of it, but uh, you know we're all a family and we're we're still here. Uh, gosh, right. when I look back when I first came with Eastern in 1963, and here it is 2019, and I remember back then, foreseeing whenever I would retire at Eastern, and I was looking ahead <laughs> when I was in my 20s and 30s. 
and I was looking, you know, in the 1999 or so, and now here we are, 2019. So, yeah, uh, you know, we're the ones that are left, and uh, so we need to stick together no matter what we do. And uh, and Amen. Uh, those with computers, uh, you know, that's the the easiest thing because we can update yeah. things so quickly yeah. and keep everybody informed on a, uh, uh, on a on a quick basis. Well, it's well, funny you should say all of that about going way back in the early days uh, compared to today. I can remember when I had my checklist of everything I used to put in my pocket, and I was really worried about a comb at one time. <laughs> 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 I don't worry too much about that anymore. Yeah, none of us do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I've got something interesting to, to quickly say, Neil, because I know we're running out of time. No, go ahead. Uh, for some for some reason, I was on YouTube today, and I ran across a which I didn't know about this, but it's a, it's a, a TV series in England called Easy Jet, and what it is, it's a documentary of uh, of, of the cockpit uh, crew members of Easy Jet over in uh, uh, England, and mm-hmm. it's it's so entertaining and uh, anybody mm-hmm. with a computer go to youtube and just put in the keywords easy jet yeah. uh, cockpit and uh, uh the episodes <laughs> are about uh well they're in, it's an hour episodes and they're into season 2 and i watched two of them today and i was so entertained <laughs> and would have really amazed me how many female pilots there are in this world now yeah. and uh, oh. they're great they're great uh, you watch this show and you you you'll want to watch probably every episode easy okay. jet uh on youtube in case you want to get up and get caught up on your chess game there you go you know <laughs> uh, uh we we've uh we've had a I think it was really an interesting show tonight in that we had a little humor. And, of course, we had the great years of Eastern Airlines uh, back in the 60s and uh, carried forward about 10 years or so. And um, I'd like to to, uh, suggest to all of our listeners around the world that you can follow the continued news, stories, memories, association events, of the several groups representing the departments of Eastern by going to the radio show's website, which Dorothy maintains beautifully, www.ealradioshow.com. And you can send us your comments of Eastern, communicate with other Eastern employees, read more of Eastern's history and much more on that website. And it's a great website maintained by, of course, I just mentioned Dorothy Gagnon. Uh, send any comments that you have to us at host at com, and we want to hear from you uh, and see you on the website pages. The, that would be better. Uh, better, we want to hear you on the radio show. Of course, that would even be better. Uh, join us because it's a lot of fun. We we have fun here. Dorothy, what do we have for next week? Well, you wanted I want to, to mention uh, before about you George go into that, Dorothy. Hey, Dorothy, yes. I want to stop you real fast. I heard yep. from George Jen today. Right. 
and he writes me. And George is one of our hosts, a great writer, uh, written a few novels, uh, and also uh, the uh, the wonderful Eastern Airlines book. I'm definitely, he says, I'm definitely making my way back to normal. I came home yesterday after 15 days in the hospital. My condition was George caused did? by very, yeah, by yeah. very high blood platelet count, which isn't hereditary, with a cause unknown. I was at the gym working out and felt fine. Uh, platelets cause the blood pressure, uh, the blood to clot. So when the count is very high, like mine was. It's very dangerous for the heart. About half an hour after returning from the gym, my chest was really hurting big time. But the doctors at St. St. Francis Heart Hospital in New York, with a lot of help from God, where my daughter drove me, were able to keep me and my heart functioning. Thanks to the medication I'm now on, the platelet count is in the normal range, and it feels great to be home. The doctors all said that I should make a total and complete recovery within three to six weeks, and I just received this Ma'am, yesterday. That's good news. Good news. good news. So it's really great news from George. Sounds good. Dorothy? Okay, let me give you a few shows that are coming up. Um, uh, The one next week is going to be, of course, the uh, Memorial Day uh, Flight of Honor on May 27th. And then we have the future of drone aviation following that. And then we'll have fun with the Eastern Family Hobbies. And uh, just to one to mention that um, we had an email from one of our Friends, Bill Joseph, one of our members, and he asked me to mention the article in the Airways newsletter, and it's a story about TWA Terminal at JFK being reopened after decades closed to form a new modern throwback. So um, go to the Airways news letter website, and it's there, and uh, I will put a uh, link to it on the website. I haven't had a chance to do that, but I will tomorrow uh, for anyone that uh, would like to uh, just quickly go into our website, and you can click on that and get right to it. Um, we want to thank, of course, our sponsor tonight, Reba, who uh, has uh, helped us immensely uh, to keep our radio show and the legacy of Eastern going. Uh, we also want to thank all of our hosts for joining us each week. We truly uh, love you guys, and you do a great job, and we thank every one of you. Uh, remember, too, that REPA has their first annual reunion, September 4th to the 6th, and their uh, website has all the information on www.repaonline.com, so be sure to go there and you can even print out, for those that didn't get the repartee, you can print out the application and the information on it as well. Uh, and you so click on the reunion page there. Click on the, the reunion, reunion page. page. That, that's correct. Mm-hmm. It's right in there, and you can't miss it, really. Lots of information there on it. 
So back to you, Neil. Well, uh, Jim, uh, we're hoping to have the radio show show up at the uh, reunion again. And, uh, well, I am too. I am too. I'm looking <laughs> okay. forward to it. I just, it's so Very excited. Good. I want to well, go back and be invited back on the show. <laughs> I think well, I should be if paid we, a little if more we than do, lifetime, though. I can guarantee you might as well start practicing now. You'll be the MC, my friend. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'll pay not to do that. <laughs> you, were, you were great last year, Jim. You did a fabulous job. So we really enjoyed having you as host on there. Okay. Thanks so much. Let's put the airplane on the ground, okay? as usual. Be sure to tune in again next Monday, May 27th, when America's favorite way to fly returns to the cyberways and the radio show goes pilotless. A world of the drones up next for our listeners to consider. With this, we sign off by playing a little ditty made popular by the champagne music man himself, Lawrence Welk. And a one, and a two, and a three. Good night, Eastern family and friends from around the world. Good night, Eastern Airlines, wherever you are. We love you, Eastern. We love, love you, Eastern. Eastern. Good show. I love you guys. Good, Good show, show, guys. Lots of fun. Good it was show. a lot of fun. Thanks, Carrie. You were great. Good show. Good Neil. night, everybody. Good show. Good night. Good night. Good night, John. Try to have every night. Thanks so much. Vote again. Good show, Neil. Good show. Thanks.